did that, that just, just came out, out of, of me? me? This big like. Whoosh. Oh. oh. Now, now try to tighten your jaw when you do it. Your gauzy gown. Jen likes to keep her boobs covered. Gauze. You gauze. Get out of me, baby. <laughs> baby, get out of me. Is it because once our podcast takes off, you're going to need a prenup? Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. At least made it funny. It's true. I don't get nervous about it's pooping or peeing good. anymore. Whoa, there's a lot more coming out of you. Stomped that baby out. Whoa, there's more coming out? Jen is going to start the popularity of the messy, greasy bun and the Tide salad dressing shirt. Like it is, it is going to watch, watch for that on the runways in 2019. (laughs) It'll be a very popular look. It will be called the Jen Laird style. (laughs) Messy, greasy bun salad dressing look. Listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, well, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. And sometimes we even talk at least about our matching jean jackets on the back of the door. It's true, because if you can't match with your podcast partner, you might as well not even bother podcasting. I'm Elise McAllister, and this is Jen Laird. I'm the other one with the matching jean jacket. They are literally the same jacket. Uh, You guys, there was this day we went into work because we are doulas when we are not podcasting. And we have a little office and we also record in our office. And we went into work to meet some clients and we both wore black t-shirt dresses and jean jackets. True story. Uh Uh-huh. And we had like back-to-back appointments all day long, and every single person that came in was like, "Uh, twinsy day." I mean, we even had matching earrings. Pretty, I mean, they were. Really oh well, clever. I mean, similar. Very, yeah, yeah, very similar. But of course, you have to when something obvious happens like that, you got to make it totally sarcastic and point out the obvious. Like, yeah, we just called each other up. We're like, "What are we wearing today?" We look like a very bad girl band but yeah way too old to be a girl band true yeah oh yeah but today jen is rocking a very special outfit oh yeah um jen is wearing a belly shirt (laughs) well not intentionally it was a long flowy shirt with like a tighter (laughs) sweatery what would you call this thing on the top whatever it is shrug Oh my lord. I know you hate what I name your club. Stop it. That's like (laughs) an old. uh, Yes. It's not. It's a sweater. It's a cardigan. Cardigan, maybe, but like a three quarter sleeve cardigan. Yeah. So we go to this um, meeting today, and it's a lunch meeting. And so I'm putting... Ooh, we sound very important when we go to lunch meetings. Yes. We went to lunch meetings. But I'm eating on my lap, so it's not that... I mean, it's a committee group dynamic here. Yeah. And there is, you know, I was proud of myself. Brought my little little salad and I kept my little salad dressing separate and all and then apparently it spilled on the bottom of my uh, container so then it sits on top of my flowy shirt on my lap and now which is a white shirt of by course the way. very white and also kind of see-through when it's wet so of course Jen I looks like she enters a uh, wet t-shirt contest oh, yeah. 
So I go to the bathroom to like clean it up because I don't have time to go home and change my shirt before I see people that are important this afternoon. And I would like to not look like I don't ever wash my clothes. (laughs) (laughs) So that I have a soaking wet shirt because... Now she really looks like she's entered a wet t-shirt contest. Oh, yeah. Then at least it's like, hey, just tie a cute little... Well, not in the front. It's all the rage. All the girls are doing it these days. Now I feel intentional with my fashion rather than just, hey, I can't eat without spilling on myself. <laughs> but the best way to do it is it, it's given Jen some some belly. Uh, uh, belly cleavage? Show. <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't think your belly can have <laughs> It can't? It's not a thing? I don't think bellies are supposed to have cleavage. Folds. Muffins. <laughs> <laughs> Muffin tops and folds, but not cleavage. You are showing some mom body realness. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) And I say that with so much love. So Jen has had a number of uh, salad uh, mishaps mishaps in this office. There was a day she was cleaning up after me because, um, well, we we know from all the episodes that I am one messy... um, we Eater? won't finish that combo, that sentence because <laughs> I'm gonna say, save my swear word uh, uh, quota quota for the rest of the uh, podcast. Wow, I am out of words. Yeah, shoot. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dial it back on the swear word. So I am I am one messy doula. Um, and so Jen is cleaning up after me because she's kind of like the mom of the two of us. She likes oh, to, no, well, no, you know, just, she's just the tidier know. one, which we know from last week, right? Because yeah. um, my kids have fleas yeah. and, and mine don't. Jen likes to keep her boobs covered. Yeah. Um, there we go. <laughs> that's the difference between the two of us. Keeping my body tidy, keeping my environment tidy. <laughs> All the tidiness. It's true. So Jen is cleaning up after me and she drops salad dressing all over and it looks like her water broke everywhere yeah. um all over like your feet and your pants true and we and were the floor. like the floor and all of a sudden we were like whoa taco and oh it was just hilarious though because we both thought of it at the same time like whoa it looks like my water broke <laughs> yeah and then we were like taco because taco is a little acronym for when your water breaks oh you tell go, me i know you go time because before you call your provider and say hey, my water just broke. If your water breaks before you're at your place of birth um, or with your provider, you note the time. The amount, that would be the A. Uh, The C would be the color. And the O would be for odor. Does it smell like pee? Oh, so going back to that um, A, amount, are you, like, supposed to, like, try to get it into, like, a measuring uh, cup? What are we talking about? Oh, here? good call. Good yeah. call. Definitely. You want to make sure that you're collecting it in a spoon versus a measuring cup. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. Jen looks at me like, are you getting, are you serious? Like, why are you answering it that way? <laughs> I can't trust you with anything. I know. Terrible. Um, no. You want to know, is it, like, a trickle down your leg or is it a lot? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you'll know when it's a lot, people. You'll know when it's a lot. You're like, oh, yeah, that was a lot. Oh, fun story. Did Ooh. we share this last week? I don't know. Where um, one of someone um, who's in our life um, <laughs> was in a restaurant and they had 
thankfully already paid the bill and they're like oh okay we're gonna get up and go and she was like oh I think I'm gonna go to the bathroom before and she stands up and there's just water everywhere like all down her dress which is tight and black and and I'm like better than white totally she's telling me the story and I'm like oh and was it obvious or kind of like you could play it off and she's like oh no it was so obvious it was like a wooden floor and you heard water on the floor this big like and I was like, oh, my goodness. So what would you do? Did she go to the bathroom and trying to, you know, clean up? And she's like, oh, no. I just looked at my husband and my aunt, who was I was with, and just was like, okay, meet you outside. <laughs> so we generally tell people, like, that never happens, so don't worry about it. Because people always tell us, yeah. I'm going to bring towels in the car just in case. Well, or- in her case, she'd have to be taking towels with her to the restaurant. Right? Can you imagine if um, in, like, the last couple of weeks before you're going to have a baby or even post-dates that you took a towel with you everywhere you went? Oh, geez. Like, oh, and I'm she was a bit before her due date, too. Oh, yeah. Like, couple she weeks. had some time. Yeah. 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 I mean, don't plan for that to happen because we've been doing this a lot time and so we don't rare. know many stories of this but so that's why we're so excited about it i, I know. mean you know it's hilarious we and love she, this story because it never happens and it's so like television she thought it was hilarious too i mean i think she'll think it's even more funny later um, on the other side of that story i should say i should recount that like no actually i don't think she thought it was hilarious but she was fine with it and i was like you are so gonna love this part of your birth story after some months. <laughs> yeah. Down the road, when you tell the story, it's going to be amazing. Yes. But not today. Yes. So, Elise, what are we talking about today? Oh, my gosh. You guys, last week was 10 things that came out of your body or could come out of your body during labor that make you say, whoa, whoa did that, that just, just come out, out of me? me? Yeah, I think we almost got that right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty Ish. close. Pretty close. Um, and we realized... Whoa, there's a lot more coming out of you. Mm-mm. But not just stuff. It's but... not all liquid. No. There's, there's a lot of liquid and solids. And what else was there last? It was a lot of just body yeah, fluids. Body fluids. But there's a lot of feels, too. A lot of feels. Lots of feels. And if you listened last week, you might have heard me in the end say, oh, what about tears? Yeah. And then we realized, oh, we could we could probably come up with like a list of a hundred. Yep, totally. But we're not, because that's, well, that's a whole lot of topic there. So we've got another 10, guys, of, whoa, there's more coming out? Mm. Yeah, there's more. So let's talk about it. What else is going to come out of you? Elise, what were you wanting to say about tears? Yeah, let's talk about it. Number one is tears. There's a lot of tears in labor. I mean, I think most people have a cry during labor. Mm. A lot of people do. A lot of people do. Whether that's tears of joy. Yep. Or frustration or sadness or... Sheer emotion. Yeah. Your body just needs to process and you don't even necessarily have the words for it, but your body's doing a behavior in the form of tears. Yeah. There might be some tears, and that is great. And I think sometimes those tears can be a little blockage in labor, and your body needs to let them out so that you can continue on with your labor. Yep. So let those tears flow. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have the blood and the sweat without the tears, right? I um, can remember of a birth where um, the mom, just after baby was born, um, we called a birth pause. Uh. And we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in another episode. But the short 
condensed version of that is that um, there's some studies and some noticing of what that time right after a baby's born is like and um, left un, um, intervened with or touched or whatever we want to call it. A baby and a mom often do um, kind of a, a deep breath, kind of a... Um, a pause, right? Oh, yeah. And they're both having just gone through a huge process, a mom birthing a baby. And for the baby, it's figuring out how to now breathe and take oxygen in. And it's a huge new environment. There is space versus being squished up, all of that. So a birth pause is a time where um, that can be happening. So this mom had a birth pause. And then after that, um, she just kind of came into our body. And I could see her and the baby coming into their bodies. And what I mean by that is like, oh, you're kind of just, you have this huge experience and now you're settling back in. And then there was tears. And not, oh. it's so funny to try to explain these tears because they weren't tears of joy and they weren't tears of sadness. It, I feel like there's something else between those two feelings where um, she she was just she was crying yeah. and then when i looked over and i made a comment like oh you're falling in love with your baby and i think that actually kind of i mean of course that's my interpretation i don't want her her experience was in that but it was just really beautiful of how there was this pause and then there was this differentness of the way that she was looking and interacting with her baby that um felt really it was cool. It's really cool to watch, right? So sometimes that's what tears can look like after a baby is born. I've seen other people who start laughing when the baby comes out. Um, it's really interesting, the wide variety of what happens um, during that time. But I think, too, circling back to in labor tears, um, we often tell folks, um, hey, just there's going to be a time potentially when you say in labor, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I'm not strong enough, things of that nature. And sometimes uh, that means you start crying. Yeah. And that's an okay place to be. Um, sometimes there's a blockage and you need to be able to tell people um, how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, Elisa always likes to say, about your cold. You tell that you're cold. Oh, yeah. I mean, for myself, whenever I'm sick, I like to say, oh, my God, I'm so sick. This is the worst cold I've ever had. I've never been so sick in my entire life. I'm sure I'm going to die. And it just feels really good to say that. I guess mm. it's it's validating a little, you know? And yeah. I think it's really nice to be able to say those things in labor, too, and have somebody say, I hear you. This yeah. is horrible. And it's the same, you know? So, um be able to say those things and cry about it and be heard. Mm -hmm. And then I also, you know, as a doula, when somebody has that moment, I look at them and say, all right, and then this is the part in labor where you get to dig deep in a way yep. that you've never dug deep ever in your life and find that strength and move forward in this. And sometimes that brings on some tears too, like finding that power in yourself that you've never had to access. And to be clear, we're not talking about like, oh, now you need some medication or now you don't need some medication. No. Like, we're really not talking about interventions here. No. We're just talking about um, those moments because whether or not you choose different tools um, along the way in labor, it's really about taking a deep breath and going forward in the next 
thing, right? Yeah. I can think of a birth I was at recently where she actually had an epidural and um, she was looking at having a cesarean and she had to dig deep and find this strength that she never knew she had. She really didn't want to have that cesarean and it was really challenging for her to look at that and she had to access that strength. So it doesn't matter whether or not you have an epidural, you still have to find that strength. Labor is hard no matter how you do it. Yeah. They call it labor for a reason. Yeah. Like, otherwise, it would be called easy. Ha, 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 ha. Nice one, Elise. Oh, but a bum. I'm going into easy instead of <laughs> I'm going into labor. Oh, I know. That was so terrible. Okay. okay there's your, your tears. Your, your uh, favorite one now, Elise. Swear words. Is this when you're going to just list off some swear words? No. <laughs> nobody wants to I hear wish. you do that. No, no, okay. No. So, again, this is where sometimes it feels really good to just swear, right? You Mm -hmm. might have some swear words coming out of your mouth. Um, And that is totally fine. Uh, Yeah, so let them fly. If that feels really great to you, go ahead. Uh, Some people stay really positive during their birth, and that feels great. Um, Jen has a great story um, about somebody saying, I can't, I can't. And she rephrases it to, or tries to get her to rephrase reframe it whoa into reframe rephrase reframe whoa rephrase well just gonna rephrase is good i like that let's just edit all of that out how about that okay so jen has a really great story where um she tries to get this person to change her language Mm -hmm. um the word she uses to um i can i um, can do this i can do this just so that she can keep the language to um to being a bit more positive yeah um, I have heard people repeat a particular swear word that maybe starts with the word, I mean, the letter F yeah. um, during a contraction over and over again. And they just say, awesome, great, you can do that. But there's something, um, right, with it, um, reframing and rephrasing, right? So rephrasing would be, I can do this. Um, and reframing would be more of like a heart intention of reframe the experience, reframe the positivity around the difficulty that you're having. Um, and that's not taking away from how challenging it is, the sensations you might be feeling in your body, but it's um, looking at it from a more, um, I don't know, a, a strong perspective where I'm going to do this. I'm, yes. You know. Oh, maybe even instead of just F, F, F every time to I can effing do this. Oh, I want to say it, but I think we might get a a rating that would bump us into another category. We'll get flagged. We got to be family friendly. Family friendly. Okay, so let the, I mean, it's totally fine to let the swear words fly, and you might find yourself even um, those of you who do not let the swear words fly like I do. letting them come out in labor and that is totally fine and let them out um express yourself in labor that is totally fine to do express yourself oh i love it i was wondering if we were gonna have a song from you there's a song oh and a dance you can't see the dance but jen's busting a move oh it's not that impressive of a move modesty i'm just (gasps) gonna get modest about my moves now just kidding um number three is modesty modesty okay so whoa you Did might. that just come out of me is our topic here. Correct. Are you talking like Janet Jackson, whoa, did that boob just fly out of my shirt, modesty? Or, oh. Uh-huh. I said it. 
Yeah. So I feel like keeping with the fr- with the theme here, whoa, that just came out of me. It can go two ways. Like, yes. whoa, I am much more less clothed than I'm comfortable with. And how do I manage that? And how do I help find my power for what feels right to me? So that's on one side. And then, whoa, did that just come out of me? Meaning my modesty just went out the window and I am fine with that. I do not care. Yes, for those who lost their modesty and do not care, we have this part of labor that we often refer to as the naked stage of labor. Yep. Um, a lot of people get into this part of labor where they're like, yeah, I don't care. I, I do I'm, not. I'm, I'm too hot. I'm too hot. I don't care about my clothes. And that I, fabric is bugging me. It doesn't feel right. Let's just be naked. And I, that is awesome. Totally. You own that. It is fine. At some point, Anyone and everyone in that room is going to see your vagina. That is okay. And that is why we often in this show say, do not invite people to your birth that yep. you do not want to have see your vagina. Mm-hmm. That is a great rule of thumb when you're thinking about who do you want at your birth. Huh, I think my mother-in-law wants to be at my birth. Does Do I want her to see my vagina? No. Should she come to my birth then? No. Okay. Um, my best friend, she wants to come to my birth. Do I want her to see my vagina? Totally fine with that. Should I have her at my birth? If I want her there then. Nice rule of thumb. Yeah. Rule yeah. of thumb. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. So modesty, often too, are the people at your birth are going to check in with you. I'm thinking about um, when somebody gets into a tub at, for instance, a hospital, and they're finding some good relief from um, feeling less weighted, right? You're floating in a tub that lasts for about an hour. They might have been wearing their little bikini top in there or even a sports bra. Then they get out, and then it's partly my job to say to them, you're going to get really cold if we don't change that out. And so we need to take that wet garment off of you and then dry you off. Otherwise, you can be freezing, right? Right. So um, then a lot of times I'll hear people saying, no, 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 I don't need to put anything else on. I'm fine. And they may choose to put some um, underwear and a pad on just because maybe their water is broken and they're leaking stuff. Or well, their good old bloody show is dripping. Yep. And so they put on something on the bottom and they're fine on top. Other people are like, yep. Thank you very much. I will take that um, dry sports bra or bra or whatever. And I would also like my um, a robe or a whatever it gown. might be. A gown. Yeah. So both is totally fine. Everybody at your birth, and what I'm thinking about here is midwife, doctor, or nurse, they see naked folks before. Yes. It's not a problem for you to be naked in that room. Um and then go back to to Elisa's checklist for uh, who else is in the room and if you're fine with them seeing you naked, right? So there's that. So some people are just like, whoa, I just got to a point where like I could not care less and fabric just was not okay with me. And then we got some people on the flip side. So let's talk about you guys for a second. The people who are needing, they feel much more comfortable wearing garments. Yeah. So sometimes There are people that are part of a birth team that just do this job and are used to people not liking those garments and doing the naked thing. And they're used to seeing vaginas all day long. And they sometimes forget that people want to be covered up. Um, It is not unheard of for somebody to have their legs in stirrups and just be kind of 
wide open on a on a bed after having a baby or to um gosh go to the bathroom and have the door left open right you know various things like that where they're left exposed and feeling like whoa why isn't anybody paying attention to this right so if that is you definitely write that in your birth plan yeah um that's really important tell your partner if you have a partner yes make it known that people need to make sure you're covered you're not gonna be paying attention to that um, necessarily the whole entire time so making sure that somebody is is helping you with that and i want to put people at ease um i think that was a misconception that i had about birth is like oh my gosh i'm gonna have to be naked and exposed this whole time and i'm gonna feel really uncomfortable with all of that and i don't remember that being my experience um i remember the nurse doing a lot of like here's a lap um either a sheet like you know, even when you're getting a vaginal exam, for instance, oh, yeah. that's a very naked time, right? Somebody's putting their hands inside of you to check your dilation, right? But if there's a sheet on top of that, of you on your lap, then it feels a little less um, exposing, I suppose, yeah. and a little bit more comfortable. Um, so there, those are subtle ways that you can ask, hey, uh, can we put a sheet over my lap right now? Or um, there really isn't a lot of time where you're purely just kind of exposed to the elements out there without pants on. In fact, you could really wear pants to your labor mm -hmm. other than when you're having your cervix checked and pushing a baby out. Yeah. I mean, don't get into the tub with pants on. And right. you can't go pee with pants on. Yeah. You know, those yeah. kind of things. But really, you could labor with pants. I wouldn't wear your tight leggings, mm, but yeah. you could wear flowy pants totally. to your labor and be just fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. A skirt would be much more comfortable or yeah. a dress. Uh, but really, my point with pants is that people do not need to have access to your vagina through their your entire birth. So true. So uh, going back to that, you be you, you yeah. do you, um, you can find your voice along the way, but um, really it also takes some prep, right? I'll reiterate what Elise was just saying, like talk to, talk to the people you plan to have at your birth and talk to your partner about helping you kind of navigate that a little bit when you might not have the ability to um, talk, right? Yeah. And if you set that up and then you find out, oh, yeah, I don't care about being modest anymore. That is totally fine. There is no shame in letting go of your modesty and labor. Yeah. So that... Which, which kind of leads us down to um, your desire to look like Instagram or the birth video that you saw in childbirth education. Or uh, let's see, maybe the births you've seen depicted on TV or your sister's birth photos or whatever. Yeah. And... So you might have to let go of that and go, whoa, that just came out of me. Whoa. Number five, your desire for your birth to look like it belongs on Instagram. Yeah. So I think that I used to have this idea that birth was supposed to look like a room with candles lit and flowing gauzy clothes. <laughs> Jen loves it when I talk about gauzy clothes. Your gauzy gown. You're just like how I say gauze. Gauze. Um, your gauze. <laughs> um, so flowing gauzy gowns um, and a lot of lounging. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tons of lounging, right? Because... 
you know, there's nothing helps get your baby out like lounging around. Right. Yeah. It, working against gravity. So when you're thinking of that, are you thinking about like people looking like made up and put together? Or yes. do you think of more of like, oh, some of the insta- the uh, images we see on, you know, social media, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Everybody, everybody looks so um, like... I don't know. It looks like some sort of beautiful spiritual environment or something. Oh, yeah. So I guess we see two. We see the, like, loungy, gauzy gown with candles, made up, beautiful. They didn't break a sweat. Oh, yeah. Oh, which I always think is so funny because I looked a little like, well, somebody beat me up. Yeah. Um, And then, but remember... I also put on makeup before mine yes, because uh, it made yes. me feel powerful so that yeah. it was like I broke a sweat and I had dripping mascara. Ha. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then there's the um, eye. It's back to the glowing vaginas. Okay. Right? So then there's the like I am sitting in front of my birth altar on my ball. I've got my candles glowing and... I am just singing my baby out. I feel the vibration of my song, and I will sing this baby out because I don't need to make sounds. I just hum this baby down. Mm. So I feel like those are the two. And if that is not your jam, you can just watch that flow right on out too. Whoa! Um. That hope just went right out my body because you can have a really kick-ass labor and not look like either of those images. Ooh. I put that on Instagram. Put real on Instagram, right? Put real on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and I don't know, where else? Because some people really do look quite glowy in labor or after they've had a baby. And other people, I mean, we go to a lot of births, so we kind of see... All of it. Lots of things. And some people probably don't actually look their best in labor. No, but also I think some people feel like, oof, I am rough. Oh, and I, I hear look at that them and I'm like, all the time. Where I'm like, actually, I look rougher than you because I got up at two in the morning to come and join you. And I don't have those hormones that you have. Of course, I'm not saying this to them. But what I'm thinking is, are you kidding me? You look amazing. And I feel like I just rolled out of bed because I did because you asked me to come to your birth at two in the morning because that's how labor works. And that's just fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're all, like, sparkly, and, you know, they, like, tie their hair in a little bun, and, and the, it just somehow lands perfectly. The but messy I can, bun looks amazing. And I do, like, the most intentional <gasps> bun, and I look like oh somebody punched me in the face. This is so me, last yeah. birth, because it was, like, the... I needed to wash my hair the night before, but I'm like, you know. Oh, that's the worst when you're like, I don't know. It's, it's going to be fine. I'll wash it in the morning. Yeah, and no. then you get called to a birth. Yes. And it was the messy bun that... <laughs> Look, like there's so much grease in the hair probably because it needed to be washed. And it was like, it didn't look messy. It just looked greasy right. and messy because it was Ooh. too like Is the messy and greasy bun? That one oh, has not gained popularity yet. No. But Jen is going to start the popularity of the messy greasy bun yeah. and the Tide salad dressing shirt. Like it is, it is going to it's watch, coming. watch for that on the runways in 2019. <laughs> it will be a very popular look. It will be called the Jen Laird style. Oh boy, I messy don't, greasy bun salad dressing. I look. don't, I don't see anybody following with the Gap that. jean jacket. Oh yeah, Gap jean jacket. That's like 
13 years old. It will tie it all together. <laughs> I mean, I've had that jean jacket so long, it went out of style and then came right back in. It will it will walk itself <laughs> down the runway. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we digress. So, yes. uh you don't have to look like you belong on Instagram. In fact, nope. we want you to post this on Instagram. I mean, both our podcasts. We, we'd love that. But I mean your pictures of your birth. But oh, also yeah. feel free to post our podcast. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> no shame there. No shame. Um, so feel free to do that. And like, don't, nobody feels in the moment like they are an Instagram Pinterest birth photo. Um, this... And then you see your pictures and you're like, Wow. That's that's pretty magical looking. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, most people should not be lounging in gauzy gowns. Mm-mm. I, I mean, if you have an epidural, you're probably not wearing a gauzy gown, for one. That's the only time you should be doing a whole lot of lying um, down. You're not going to have candles unless you're, well, if you're at home or at a freestanding birth center, you could have fire candles. Um, in a hospital, you got to have the fake candles, fake ones, and they don't look quite as glowy Ooh, as I the real ones. I saw some really good ones. They had a little fan inside, and they made the faux flames oh, blow back. And, oh, yeah. They were oh, yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, but we want you to move. Yeah. We want you to move your body because that changes the shape of your pelvis and helps get your baby down. So move your body. Don't don't lounge in your gauzy gown. Get your baby out. So, whoa. That just came out of me. And it's a deep moaning sound. And I wasn't really intending for it to number come out of me. Five. Did I say that on the last one? It you was did. number five. Oh. But I didn't want to correct you because I didn't want everybody to think that I was correcting you because that could be kind of rude. But yeah, that was number four. This is number five. Sorry, I can't count. Number four, your desire to look like an Instagram picture of somebody in labor. Thanks for clearing that up. Number five. Deep moaning sounds may come out of you. Do you realize the perfectionist who might have been sitting by their computer taking notes <laughs> is like, damn it, Elise, damn it. I know, because this is totally <sighs> the kind of podcast you take notes to. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, okay, that deep moaning sound. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. You want to not make some like, ah, high screeching sounds, right? I think we like, oh, yeah. So what does that do? Well, lots of great things. For one, when you make these high-pitched sounds, your whole body really kind of pulls up. Just when I did it right there, that like, ah, I can feel my shoulders get tight. I can feel my toes curl. My bum kind of squeezes together. How do you like that? I just shared about my bum. For everyone to hear. Because your whole body just went up when you said that. My bum. Yep. Everything goes up. When I go, oh, right? Then I can actually feel myself pressing into the seat a little bit. Not pushing. But I feel myself softening down. That's Mm -hmm. what I want. And I want to keep my energy and my body nice and low. Because that's the direction you want your baby to go. Mm Mm-hmm. So nice and low. It's a little vibration, too, that comes along with that. That feels really nice on the belly. Mm. So nice and low sounds. Keep your mouth round like a circle. And then when you say, oh, you can't clench your jaw when you go, when you go oh, try it. Oh. I got to do more of that in real life because my, my jaw has been really tight lately. Oh. And... And Maybe I'm you like, need to go, oh. I need to be doing much more low O's. Oh, Try sound. it, Jen. Try it. 
Oh. oh. Now, now try to tighten your jaw when you do it. Uh, uh, yeah, you can't. You can't it doesn't do it. work. Oh, it doesn't see? work. I hope Opposites. you're all trying this too, right? There you go. If you're stopped at a stoplight with your window down and you're like, oh. Can can I just speak to the person, though, who may or may not be like me? Yes. Who kind of thought that wimpy people who are not really in control of their bodies were making crazy sounds yes. in birth. Totally what I thought second baby in and I am suddenly making all these sounds and I remember totally having this thought I became that crazy lady and I'm making weird sounds what is happening and it hasn't I mean gosh you guys and then fast forward like many years later when I did doula training and I had never heard this information before about making low sounds. I'm like, oh, you mean I was just being powerful instead? You mean I was doing what my body was asking me to do, which was make oh. a, a sound like that? So maybe I'm adding some information to um, folks understanding here on yeah. the sounds in labor and what's what's okay. Yes. Not just okay, because that also feels like I'm putting a stamp of approval, but what our bodies are expressing to us and how we get through something, it looks different for everybody, but we want to emphasize it's really often normal. It's very natural to do and that. Natural. It's, I've had so many people say, there's no way I'm going to make that sound. No way. That sounds ridiculous. I'm not going to do it. And then they're in labor and they're like, this works. I'm yeah. doing it. So follow what your body tells you feels right. Yeah. Always in labor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those those low moaning sounds often feel really good and feel right. And it gives you something to focus on, yep. too. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a win-win in that one. So, whoa, that low moaning sound you might have thought was going to be ridiculous might come out of you. Number six. Anger. Ooh. What? Anger. Squishy baby, though. I'm having a baby. It's not How about can the I baby. Be angry, Elise. Well, it's not about the baby. Oh. And, you know, I have to say, that was a big one for me during my births, is that there were times where people kept mentioning the baby, and I was like, leave the baby out of this. Mm. Birth and baby, very separate for me. I was like, I'm doing this for me. Yes, I'm getting a baby out of this, but this labor is about me right now. Yeah. And I don't want to tie this baby into this hard work and what also felt very hard and, and painful. Because I'm going to use the P word because there's yeah. some pain in labor and people can do pain. We can do pain. So I'm not afraid to use the P word. Hmm. Um, there's some pain. Um, so there can be some anger. There can be some anger that... Um, on, on a lot of lever levels, there can be some anger about things not going as planned. Yeah. There can be some anger about uh, being stuck in a spot and needing things to progress forward. Mm -hmm. What else? Anger with some interventions, maybe. Yeah. Um, anger as just an emotion. So when I think of anger, I think of um, sometimes when I'm feeling really emotionally vulnerable, uh, I disguise it. Not intentionally, of course, but the way it comes out is actually anger. Yeah. Sometimes my disappointment comes out as anger. Um, sometimes my 
big feelings and my passion comes out as anger, not as big feelings. Mm. So I think when we get into a really, really vulnerable state, which is birth, then anger can be a byproduct of just that emotional vulnerable state that we're in. Yes. Um, I've also read something recently where somebody was saying, um, I started to recognize that my anger was actually um, underneath that was really grief. And so I started to engage with my grief instead of engaging with my anger. I realized I didn't have an anger management problem. I had a grief face. I was like, oh, so that could also apply really to birth of, you know, are is there some grief you're taking into um, this, you know, there's a lot of people that lose babies. There's um, people that wish that a loved one was going to be there to be a part of this baby's life. There's the um, grief that maybe things aren't going the way they intended them to. And so all of those things show up potentially as anger. Um, so there we go. Anger, yeah. anger can be something that comes out of your body. Um, and I think that that's also good to just let your partner know, hey, yeah. lots of big unregulated feelings. Um, I like that word unregulated because feelings are feelings. And sometimes the anger especially I think is one of those things that can come out of like, whoa, nowhere. And then, wow, that's a big feeling, right? Yeah. And it can be kind of unregulated. Um, and then often it you know, gets expressed and then kind of comes back down. So, and sometimes that anger isn't huge anger. It's just anger of like, oh, anger and frustration yeah. of like, I just want to be in the next place. It makes me, I always think of this uh, birth in particular. It was a home birth and she was, oh gosh, she was in transition and um, she was so close to starting to push, but she just couldn't get over, I guess, like the hump to start pushing. Uh, and we knew she was just going to get there. And we, one of my favorite things to do in this particular place in labor is to do a little stomping. Ah. And so we walked around her house and she just brought her knees up really high one at a time and stomped down her feet and said, get out of me, baby, (laughs) baby, get out of me and stomped that baby out. And it was awesome. So she put that she put that anger to work. Ooh. And I loved it. I was like, nice illustration. Yeah. I was like, let's use that anger for power. Let's yeah. let's turn that into power. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't always have to be about something really upsetting. It can I mean that's upsetting too, but yeah. um it can just be put to work. So don't hesitate to like put that anger to use or or to say, that's it, kid. I'm done. This is your eviction notice. This labor needs to move along. We're doing this. So I think that leads really nicely into number seven, which is resilience. Because I think that story you just told us is also about resilience. Like she was angry, but then she was really resilient in determined. I I, I can do this and I'm going to keep going. And um, I think resilience is also about believing in ourselves when um, maybe maybe things haven't gone in the last little bit the way we thought they would. So we're able to kind of pick ourselves up from disappointment, from anger, from um, making a choice that maybe in labor we thought we wouldn't make. Um, and 
and being resilient. I feel like all the things, this whole list that we're talking about could also really apply to the postpartum period. Oh, all yes. Of this is not exclusive to birth. Huh. No. Right? So when I think of resilience, I'm thinking about... I haven't slept for very long, whether I'm in labor or it's postpartum, and now I'm figuring out this new skill, which in birth might be how to push a baby out, and in postpartum it might be about nursing this baby or swaddling this baby or helping this baby feel, um, you know, secure, meaning they're crying and you don't know how to make them stop crying, all of that, right? So resilience is believing in yourself even when you're not sure that you have the answer to keep going or the next step in the process. Yes. So true. And you're absolutely right about postpartum. I think the only thing on the list might just be deep moaning sounds. Yeah, I don't ah! see that much postpartum. <laughs> if you're deep moaning um, uh, while breastfeeding, then we got a bad latch. Don't do that. Right? Yeah. Nope. We got to talk. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we need to get you a lactation consultant or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, short grunting answers, number eight. Ooh, give me a short grunting answer. Nope. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) In response to, honey, would you like, um, grape flavor Gatorade or would you like some, um, uh, coconut water right now or do you not want anything to drink? And then you just get the short grunting answer yes Mm -hmm. um so we have this on our instagram page so if you want to see how the pros do it go and check us out on instagram uh pushing a podcast and you can see a little pro tip trick on how to offer somebody something to drink in labor uh a lot of times we see support people partners offer the laboring person something to drink by saying, oh, honey, you know, here, uh, what can I get you to drink? Are you thirsty? And they get a, no, and a swat away. And they're like, oh, shoot, I guess she's just not thirsty. Mm -hmm. Uh." Mm -hmm. And what you want to probably do instead is grab a glass of whatever you want to give that person to drink, stick a bendy straw in it, stick it up to their face and say, here's a sip for you. Open your mouth, put it in. They'll take a sip. It is just way too much to think about a long answer. Can I pare that down even more? Yes. Water at your lips. Water at your lips. Yes. Coconut water at your lips. Yes. Juice at your lips. Yep. Sometimes I didn't even say what it is. I just say, sip. Oh, oh, you're paring yeah. it down even more. Yeah, I don't tell them what's in there. I just do it. I put the drink in the glass. I put the sippy sippy straw the bendy straw in the glass and then i put it up to their lips and say sip i usually tell them because there's nothing worse than like thinking you're gonna drink one thing and your brain is like on it and then you're like ew what is this even if you like the taste oh of i it. like that yeah because otherwise you're like oh i was expecting apple juice but it's water this is terrible water no it's not it's just not apple juice <laughs> <laughs> right yes good call yeah so you can do either of those but options Yes or no answers are where you want to go. Yeah, totally. But don't even offer, like, do you feel like eating a snack right now? Because you're going to get a no. Yeah. That is too much. Just, I've got things for you, or, you know, get a snack and say, open, here's a bite. Sometimes I'll say things like, I know you're not going to want to eat, and this is going to be the worst ever. I know you want energy to keep going. Bite. Or, 
if you're ordering something, would you like a shake or some yogurt? You know, where you can give choice. This is not like we're telling people what to do. But know that there's going to be short, grunty answers often because that is just too much. There's That is overload, right? Yeah. Like There's none of this, do you want a turkey club sandwich and with with fries or a side salad? No. No. Uh-uh. No, no. Grunty answers. Keep it grunty. Keep it grunty. Keep it short. Yep. So you might be surprised at how hard it is to talk during labor. It is. Okay. Even, I'm not even talking about during a contraction, which brings me to say, note to everyone attending a birth. So if you are pregnant. Ooh, you just perked my ears up. Yeah. I'm noting. I have no idea what you're going to say. What are you going to say, Elise? You got me on the edge yeah. of my chair. If you are pregnant, this is the part I want you to play for your team. If oh. this is, if you're bringing a partner, if you're bringing your mom, if you're bringing your sister, whoever you're bringing with you, if you are listening and you are going to a birth, stop asking questions while somebody is having a contraction. <gasps> oh my goodness. Nothing drives me crazier. Oh. Why? Good intentions. Contractions are just one minute long. I know, but but, but that poor person, good intentions. I know you're trying to figure out what this person in labor needs. Way to look at the sunny side of it, Jen. Good intentions. But as you'll notice, she's going, uh, uh. Hey, do you want something to eat? Like, make your groanies out. Hey, do you want a turkey uh, club? Do you want fries? What? What? No. 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 Listen to her. Is this one worse than the last? Is that one over yet? Yeah. Listen. Oh. Listen. Yeah. It's not over. It's not over. No. No. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Wait till she's done. Yep. And if you have to ask if it started or stopped, you don't need to time it, by the way. Just yeah. that's circling way back to the beginning of like early labor. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, number nine. Whoa. Did that just come out of me? My birth plan. Whoa. Wait, what? Your birth well, can <laughs> Maybe that should go out the window, not me, right? Like Whoa. <laughs> did that just leave my heart and intention? My birth the, plan. Your desire to stay tr- true to every line of your birth plan. Mm. So this one was a little bit hard for me when we were thinking of this list because I have always been a you can have the exact birth that you want. Sometimes things change, but I don't want people thinking, oh, everything's deviated from my birth plan already. Screw it. Just rip the whole thing up and light it on fire. Yeah. Um, that breaks my heart a little bit when people say that. Yeah. Um, I. There's a lot of flexibility that needs to happen in birth. Mm. You can absolutely stay true to your birth plan and just because one thing changes doesn't mean all of it needs to change. Um, But I think the big thing about birth plans is it's all about the writing. Right. And it's about knowing what your choices are. Right. And making some choices about those choices. Ooh, choices about those choices. Tell me more, Jen. Yeah. So I'm thinking about, um, for instance, newborn medications, right? Oh, yeah. Um, And the choices that you have around those newborn medications. So if I didn't know about those medications that would be offered to my newborn, then I can't make a choice about them. Right. right? And so I have a choice 
about those choices. And if I go through a birth plan, knowing here's, you know, I can make this choice, then I've actually gathered information and I've made a decision for myself. But the act of gathering information and like sitting with it, I think is a really important step. Yes. And I think where we were going when we originally decided to write this or add this to the list of things that might come out of your out of you. Huh. Um, your birth you. plan is going to go out of your heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was thinking you might have started labor thinking there's no way I want any pain medication. And then you needed an induction. Uh, and then you were like, whoa, Pitocin, whole different ball game. Or you have a baby that's in a funky position. Right. And then you were like, well, back labor is a whole different story. Or I've attended births where people had intended to have different tools of medication, for instance, an epidural. And then they got into labor and they're like, oh, actually, I changed my mind about that. And so their birth plan went out the window for having an epidural and they did it without. Yeah. You might find out, gosh, actually, this labor is going pretty fast and smoothly. I don't think I need it, actually. Um, So who needs that? Trying to think of some other things that might change on a birth plan as well. So, Elise, yeah. it's a birth plan, not a birth contract. Ooh, <gasps> I love it. It's a birth plan. It's not a birth contract. Yes. You Ooh. are not required to stay with it. It is okay to say, uh, actually, I'm changing my mind on some of these, all of these, none of these. No one's required to stay true to any of them. It's not a prenuptial? Can you apply the word prenuptial to birth? No. What do I know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know anybody who has a prenuptial, but I was doing, I don't know, I read something about prenuptials this morning on the internet. Oh, you did? So I just wanted to throw that did in there. Did your husband know about that? I think- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. <laughs> Is it because once our podcast takes off, you're going to need a prenup? Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that's hilarious. Yes. Elise made it funny. It's true. So you could totally have a birth plan and change your mind on it. Also, we like to call it a birth wish list or yep. birth preferences. So just know that these are kind of like a great starting point and know that birth is a little unpredictable and you can't know exactly where birth is going to go and have some flexibility around that and know that often birth is very straightforward and sometimes birth is not because there are two people in this. Mm-hmm. You and this tiny little human being that gets to make some choices too. Yep. Yeah. Okay, number 10. I'm excited about this. Ah, oh, this number is my favorite. Fierce. Undeniable power. Woohoo! So when Elise um, showed me this list that she had created, thank you, Elise, um, at, I gazed down at number 10. I'm like, Elise, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I ever really felt or resonated with the whole fierce, undeniable power. Really? Nope. Not my experience. But Aww. when you talk about it or when I read it, or what I've experienced with other people's births, I see that from an outsider. And maybe this has to do with personality, right? Or being so deep in your own experience that 
or maybe even it's just using those words of deep, undeniable power that I didn't feel like I experienced that, but I can definitely look back on my experience and go, yeah, I had a fierce power that I tapped into to birth babies, right? So yes. that, that's awesome to look back at. But I, I think the way I also interpret that is that um, often for me, I think I look at power as not um, akin to uh, vulnerability or about challenge. Oh. And so power is like, yeah, I'm Wonder Woman. Of course I just slayed all these people and have my lasso and I look good and I'm like, that's power. Right. Oh, interesting. It's not. Um, it's not all those other things that um, were the experience of birth. So it's interesting that I can look back at fierce, undeniable power and how I can think of all the births that I've gone to and go, "Wow, you have this is beautiful. You've tapped into this. Wow, because it's the humanness, right? It's yes. It's the shared experience of um, becoming a mother of birth, of postpartum, of all of these things. But that's the person I want to speak to who maybe resonates with me where you don't feel it, but let me tell you, you are it. Yes. Okay. That's my perspective, but I know you are like, yeah, fierce, undeniable power. I felt the power. I did. I did. I so felt the power every time. And I, you know, I am not somebody who's like, oh, I feel powerful all the time in my life at mm. all. And I, in birth, I was like, whoa, who is this person? It was actually what drew me to birth because I started seeing people in labor who mm. I didn't necessarily think were very powerful people or strong people in their everyday life. And then saw them find their voice and power and strength in labor. I was like, wow, look at what it can do to you. But they didn't see it in themselves either. Right. And I can tell you hands down that there has never been a birth that I've went to that I didn't see fierce, undeniable power. Interesting. Home births, birth center births, hospital births, births with epidurals, births with episiotomies, births that started at home and ended with C-sections, planned C-sections, all require fierce, undeniable power. Every time you make a choice to let a human being move through your body and enter into the world, and that that takes fierce, undeniable power. Hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often tell people, like, my number's never going to change. You call me, I've had the same number forever. You call me up anytime, forever, and I will remind you how powerful you are. Huh. I, I often say that to people. Wow. Because they're amazing. Yeah. 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 It takes, and, and no doubt, I bet you were, Jen, if I was there. Oh, I'm sure I was. Um, and I love, like, the way you've just explained that, like, really makes sense to me. Whereas in um, some folks, when they would use some of those words, it feels really exclusionary and like it has to look a specific way but I feel like the way that you just talked it looks really broad and it can look differently and yet we're not really talking about an external thing we're talking about something that's inside and a choice um and even if you don't feel it at the time it's there yeah 
Fierce undeniable power does not look like Instagram. I mean, it can, but it doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Or Pinterest. It doesn't require gauze or candles. What it requires is you to show up and to make choices and to be present. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And all the rest is going to happen. So, whoa. Whoa. Your undeniable fierce power just came out of you. Yep. And then you got a baby. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. I don't that's get nervous about pooping or no, peeing no, no, no. anymore. It's a so body those are some things that are going to come out of you in addition to all those fluids. <laughs> it was way less moist this week versus last week, I think, at least. so true. Yeah. 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 I mean, I could have blown my nose along the way just to bring in some moisture, but... <laughs> Nobody pooped this week. <laughs> Nobody pooped. <laughs> this is, but also, like, right? It's the two things. It's what's going on inside of your body, but most of what we've talked about is emotionally linked, right? You can't, you can't separate those two things. No! Mind, body, emotion, they're all intertwined. Because this is birth. You are stomping and then you're pooping and you're angry and you're you're sweating and you're crying. And, and you're resilient. And you're resilient from all of that. Yeah. And, oh, that is birth. And then there's a baby that comes out. Yeah. And then you do this all again. And you do it all again. Yeah. Yes. And you just keep doing it. For all the years that you parent. Yep. It kind of doesn't change. It just looks different. Although, yeah, the whole pooping thing. I it mean, becomes less scary. Yeah. I don't get nervous about pooping or no, peeing anymore. No, no. It's a body function. If you don't poop, you should see somebody about that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good one, Elise. Hey. All right, guys. So we want to hear from you. You can find us. Oh, we are so on Instagram, you guys. I got to I gotta just tell you for a moment. Um, before Pushing It Podcast, I had never been on Instagram. I didn't even know that heart thing was the like button. Um, and we are on there. And we are sharing some pro tips on there. And we're sharing all kinds of great stuff. But we want to hear from you on there. So share with us. Um, send us a message. Send us an email. But we want to hear, also hear your questions. I think we're going to do a Ask the Podcasters yes. episode. Let's throw that out there. Yes. Yeah, what do you want to hear about? Well, not just what do you want to hear about, but ask us your questions. We're going to read your questions in a podcast, and we'll answer them. So we're going to do a whole show on answering your questions. So get your questions answered, and let us know what you think. Share us with your friends, please, because they need to know what's about to fly out of their body. Fly. Mm. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. So fly it out of me. Whoa. Yeah. So share us. uh, Review us. All the things. All the things. We are full of demands before you have things coming out of your body. Do those things. Okay? All right. Thanks for listening.